0: Miracy. She really sort of tackled head on the idea that her participants, it's not just about teaching them techniques like, hey, you just need to charge more to your clients and then you'll make a lot more money. Like that basic idea is obvious and hardly even needs to be taught. It's just that nobody's doing it.
1: Hello and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it, or both. Our guest today is Patty Block. Patty Block is a longtime consultant and business owner. She founded the Block Group in 2006 and has been changing marketing mindsets ever since. Welcome, Patty.
2: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's start just at the kind of
1: 30,000-foot view. Tell us, who are you, and what do you do, and how did you come to be doing it, and how did that eventually make its way to online courses?
2: My mission is to educate women that they can approach their business differently. I've changed the way that I handle my business. I've taught others to do that, to great success. And I wanted to reach more women business owners. Like many of your listeners, I had developed online courses that were not successful. And I spent a huge amount of time and energy developing the curricula, you know, the stories we always hear. And then I couldn't sell the courses. And I didn't really know what I was doing. It seemed like I should be able to just transfer my knowledge to an online space. But you know better than anyone, Danny, that's not how this works. So, by learning how to do this differently, starting with market research, I started in 2020 to develop my programs, which I have done, and figuring out what's the best path and the best model to reach the people that I want to reach. One of the surprising parts of building the online programs has been the general effect it's had on my business model. And when I say surprising, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't anticipate this. I thought I'm going to build online courses. I'm going to sell them successfully. It's going to be a quantity game. And I think that's what a lot of people think when they think about leveraging their knowledge and their time. So even though I started out on that traditional path of building courses, my audience quickly taught me that they wanted more and that's how the revenue roundtable was born so i ran two pilot programs and they were both very successful they largely had the same group of women business owners in the programs and by the time we finished the second program which is called painless selling to ideal buyers they wanted to know what was next and how we could keep our group together and that evolved into a program that i call the revenue roundtable and My signature program is called Value-Driven Pricing. So people can buy that separately, but if they become a Revenue Roundtable member, they have access to Value-Driven Pricing as part of that program. And then I offer discounts on my other online programs. So Revenue Roundtable has become a central feature of my business model. Very
1: cool. So let's zoom out for a moment just in terms of like the business fundamentals. Like, what do the programs cost when people sign up? What do they get? Like, talk us through some of that.
2: Sure. So, value driven pricing is where I recommend people start. And that is priced at $19.97. So, about $2,000. Painless selling is the second in the series. And that one is $39.97. And with Revenue Roundtable, as I mentioned, value-driven pricing is included. Let's say you want to buy one of the standalone programs like value-driven pricing. And what I teach is how to generate more revenue with less stress. And a lot of that is done through pricing, but not necessarily in raising prices. It could be, but often it's in building a structure around your pricing. So you feel more confident when you're talking about it. Your buyer understands it better. And that program has videos and exercises. And then once a month, we meet in a group so that it's kind of like office hours and people can ask questions. We can workshop. So that's separate from Revenue Roundtable in that it's once a month for about an hour. But I also believe what you teach, Danny, which is those hybrid programs are so much more successful than a program where somebody just watches videos and maybe does the exercises because I can give them feedback in real time in that group setting. And so it's the same structure for painless selling to ideal buyers, which of course focuses on sales. And then for Revenue Roundtable, we meet twice a month for about 90 minutes. And that is currently priced at $1,000 a month. And it includes email contact with me So very often as my clients are working on a proposal or have a question about something in the sales process, they'll email me and I'll either reply by email or I'll send them a quick video to answer their questions. So that is a way that we can get to know each other really well because we meet twice a month and have that very collaborative, collegial environment. But probably more important than being supportive we challenge each other. And again, that is feedback directly from my members that they find thinking differently, approaching things differently, being challenged in that way is hugely beneficial to them.
0: So it makes sense in terms of what you're providing and and why people are willing to invest at these levels. What have you found challenging though, in terms of getting people to engage and and get results with the program? Because You know, often, even with business programs where there's money on the line, people will sign up in a burst of enthusiasm and then not necessarily do the difficult things that are required to make progress. So just curious to hear more about your experience there.
2: I think there are always challenges, especially with online programs. I know because I've taken so many of them and I sometimes get stalled partway through. I think having the hybrid concept is super helpful because people know they can reach out to me on email anytime, and we have those group coaching sessions. So I think there's enough support so that when they get stuck, I can help them. I think the biggest challenge, though, is even after they implement. So when my clients or the roundtable members implement value-driven pricing, and again, that's about building a pricing model. When they implement that, they start bringing in more revenue almost immediately. And the calculation and the structure, in many ways, is the easy part. The real hard part is changing our ingrained beliefs and what I call false foundations. And so, for example, we're going into our second year of Revenue Roundtable, and everyone in there has implemented value-driven pricing, and they've all started bringing in more revenue. But now they've asked for us to not go back to the beginning, but to dive deeper into what it is that's keeping them stuck mentally. Because logistically, raising prices, changing your structure, communicating about that, they can learn all those skills, but they still feel guilty or greedy or hesitant, feeling like they need to offer discounts, even when no one's asked for a discount. And again, I work with high-end consultants that are all experts. And so they're also, they have what we would consider high-ticket offers, and that's where they seem to be getting stuck, is they know how to implement, but they still don't feel terribly confident. And so I've gotten that feedback, and now we're going deeper into those topics.
0: So yeah, so what have you found effective in terms of shifting people's mindset and beliefs, I guess? given that you're not able to, you know, get in the room with them and have a more kind of direct tangible connection, what's been your strategy there?
2: I have several strategies for helping not only when they get stuck. One of the things that we as women and we as humans struggle with is we feel embarrassed. We feel like it's a weakness if we can't do something or we can't change the way we're thinking. So, what I'm providing is a whole lot of support A whole lot of helping them understand the first time they have a win, they will start changing the way they're thinking. And they have wins very quickly and very consistently. When they have something they don't consider a win, like someone that they are very hopeful will sign on as a client and chooses not to, then they start wondering, what did I do wrong? Right? So we always turn it back on ourselves. And that's where I use specific techniques to help them understand you didn't mess up.
0: It sounds like in a way, in terms of your course structure and how it's laid out from a learning design perspective, it's, if I understand what you're saying, it's not so much about content. It's not that you're giving people particular techniques and then they're just off and running with them. It's more about the interaction and back and forth with you that shifts their behavior over time. Is that right?
2: It is, and I did think it was about transferring my knowledge, and I made the mistake I think a lot of us make when we're developing online courses, thinking that I'm smart, I know how to do this, I'm going to pour myself into this, and it's the content that people want. And I quickly realized they don't want the content, they want the results. And that's true of all my clients, whether they use the online programs or not. So the focus that I bring is helping them get results.
1: Makes sense. Patty.
2: you teach about how to
1: build a structure around your pricing. I'd love to hear how did you apply that in the context of your courses? What is the structure around the pricing of your courses that makes it easy for you to sell and it's not a trivial amount of money?
2: I think there are several things. When I was working on the pricing, I believe that the courses that I offer and the value that's built into them, the price that I've attached to it is really a bargain. and is the ROI, the return on investment is very quick. So that's the feedback that I've also gotten from people that have taken value driven pricing is that that nineteen ninety seven they make it back immediately. So then they can take the concepts they've learned, and the support that I provide, and use that going forward in a lot of different ways. And again, I spend time helping them customize their pricing model. I think in the future, I'll go to round numbers instead of the 1997, because I anticipated selling the courses through my website. And what I find is that, especially at that price point, I need to have a call. And the buyer needs to talk to me. Which, of course, I'm happy to do, and I love meeting new people. So I think at some point I'll go to, let's say, $2,500, which is what I typically recommend because it's value based instead of a calculation.
1: So it sounds like a lot of the way you structure it is predicated on the fact that people are going to get results very quickly. And for them to get results very quickly, they have to have a certain amount going for them already in their business, right? If you implement a correct Pricing structure in your business, and you have lead flow and you have customers, then you see results right away. But if you don't have leads coming in or conversations to have with people, that won't lead to a result quickly. Do you do any kind of screening or filtering to make sure the people coming to you are able to get that result
2: quickly? Yes. Two things. First, I hope that I make it clear in my messaging that I work with companies that have been in business at least two years, and most of the people who come to me have been in business between four and five years or more. And I work only with women business owners. And the second piece is when we have that conversation, they express interest, we're talking about what would be the best fit for them, whether it would be revenue Roundtable or starting with one of the programs, I also offer private consulting. And sometimes that's a better fit for them because I serve as an outsourced chief operating officer. So especially if they're leading a team, and a somewhat bigger company, then that outsource COO role is what they're looking for. So having that conversation, I can then help them understand and assess for myself where I think they would fit best and what they need. So a lot of it is around that conversation. Got it. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that.
0: I didn't really have any other questions, but Patty, is there anything else that you just want to share? Or anything else that you think would be helpful for other people who are trying to create programs that have some similarities to yours?
2: Yes. One of the things that I learned from working through the course in Miracy is trusting the process. And that was a really hard thing for me because I'm a planner and I'm someone who believes you have to have all your ducks in a row before you start something. So I really had to trust. The market research phase, which was an eye opener to me, and what I learned and what I took from that that I could then apply in building my online programs, and how that has evolved by getting feedback from my audience and from my participants. So, what I would say is if you're just starting out in developing your programs, listen to your audience, ask great questions, and then really pay attention to that and trust that process. Because, especially if you're going to pilot a program, because that's the whole point of piloting, is getting that feedback and understanding what your participants need, not what you want to give them. Awesome. Thank you. That was perfect. Abe, do you want to do the readout?
0: Let's do it. All right. To learn more about Patty and her organization, The Block Group, you can head over to Blockgroup.net. That's theblockgroup.net. Thanks for coming on today, Maddie.
2: Thank you.
1: Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the best takeaways for you to apply to your course.
0: So it's it's almost a little tricky to highlight takeaways when there's a program that's kind of just like so dialed in and (laughs) it seems to be working so well. It's almost like the advice to others is just be perfect and, and kind of execute everything just the right way and then it'll all work. But aside from obviously that she's been working for years to really understand her customers and their needs and really dial in this program, one thing that definitely jumped out is just the confidence she has in her pricing, which kind of makes sense because she teaches about value-driven pricing. But still, it's something that a lot of course creators really struggle with. And I think a lot of people that we talk to would be pretty terrified to price their program at $4,000. And was it $1,000 a month for Mm -hmm. more intensive coaching? Yep. So yeah, I mean, she just is a really good example of what's possible if you kind of think big about your pricing.
1: Well, I think, and to your point, I mean, it's a very well-structured course. Everything is really dialed in, but it's not like she's been building it and dialing it in for that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, she'd made efforts in the past. They were unsuccessful. She kind of took this approach in 2020. That's like just a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that long of a track record. And there is something to both the learnings around, you know, you don't want to be hiding in your bat cave, building your course. And it's not just about the knowledge transfer. It's about the connection, the facilitation. And you want to adopt all the best practices of, you know, a good hybrid design. And, and, you know, it's essentially a a very heavily curriculum-assisted group coaching program, so highly leveraged. Mm -hmm. But what jumped out to me was just the strength and speed of the business transformation, right? This is something that she launched just a couple of years ago, and it's now a major part of her business. And there's something to the idea that action begets opportunity right? The more you do, the more stuff you're putting out into the world, the more feedback you have about what's working, the more you can improve what's working and drop what isn't, et cetera. And that just reality of being in motion leads to a lot of things coming your way.
0: Yeah. So the whole idea of learn through doing and through engagement with your customers and their needs, as opposed to trying to think it through. Exactly.
1: And the other thing that jumped out to me that I thought was important is that She does have this really tight flywheel in place in the sense that, you know, she's got this course, delivers great results. Because it delivers great results, she can charge premium prices. People are really happy to come in. They're really happy with the result. They get results quickly. So they enroll in her leveraged group program, et cetera, et cetera. The flywheel keeps turning. But it's very much predicated on people getting results and getting results quickly and for people to get results quickly. Yes, it has to be a great program, but it also has to be the right people coming into that program. And so maintaining that really tight filter is an important ingredient to her success. And people often flip that around. They're like, well, now I have to take any student I can. And once I have a lot of money, I can start tightening the net. Whereas no, it's the fact that she has that tight net that creates the great results that keeps the flywheel turning.
0: That makes sense. I guess part of that too, is she really sort of tackled head on the idea that her participants, it's not just about teaching them techniques. Like hey, you just need to charge more to your clients and then you'll make a lot more money. Like that basic idea is obvious and hardly even needs to be taught. It's just that nobody's doing it. But she really tackled like, okay, why aren't people doing it? And I think that's what helps make her program so valuable and, and makes that flywheel work is she's actually helping people shift their mindset and beliefs effectively and then get them to take different actions than they would otherwise.
1: Exactly. So Abe, did anything else jump out to you?
0: I mean, an interesting sort of focus of of Patty's approach is she's not trying to appeal to everyone with this program, right? It's not, hey, how to do value-driven pricing for any business owner. Like, A, she specifically focuses on women business owners. And B, she also, it seems like, really focuses on people who have a more kind of established and like boutique or high-end business that have significant potential leverage from changing their pricing structure. so. I mean, just curious to hear your thoughts on that, but it is interesting that she's found such success framing her work in that way and focusing specifically on women as opposed to casting a broader net.
1: Well, I mean, resonance is a function of not just giving people what they need, but also connecting it to why they need it, right? And so even if a lot of business owners would benefit from better structuring their pricing, the reasons why different business owners would benefit from that or or need that is different, right? Women entrepreneurs deal with the issues that women entrepreneurs deal with, which have some overlap with male entrepreneurs, which have some overlap with entrepreneurs at different scales, etc. But having that really tight focus on, this is my target customer, this is what they need, this is why it's important to them, this is what's going on in their mind, allows you to laser focus that message and know that each person that you're bringing on is the person who's going to get, again, going back to the results that we talked about, like they're going to get the results, they're going to fit in and you're going to create that outcome. That's that's all I've
0: got. All right, that's good. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder and CEO of Rizuku, Here with Danny Eney, founder and CEO of Miracy. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes Just Between Coaches, Making It, and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Gubertson assembled the episode. Danny Eney is our executive producer. Post production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Patty Block for coming on today. If you're interested in learning a bit more about her and how her marketing philosophy came to be, you can head over to our sister podcast, Making It, where Patty is also interviewed. Today's episode is the final episode of the first season of Course Lab, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed producing it and interviewing all these really fascinating guests about their courses. So don't go away. We'll be back soon with a new season, new guests, and also a special mini series in between on a secret topic that we can't share just yet. But know that we're hard at work producing both of those for you, and we can't wait to share them very soon. To make sure you don't miss the really great episodes coming up on Course Lab, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.